0: She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Hello, everyone. How are you today? This is
1: Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. I have two special guests for today. Uh, for the first uh, 30 to 40 minutes, I will be interviewing Patty Henry. We will be talking about two lifetimes. We have one lifetime from fear, and the second lifetime is love. And then later on, I will be interviewing Angela Pearson, and we will be talking about her new book. And it's a, a book you know, about parents against vaccination. Uh, So uh, with Patty, I will be talking to her about a lot. Moving from lifetime one, where every emotion, decision, and action is consciously or unconsciously driven by the hurt, rebellious, I'm not good enough child inside us, to lifetime two, where every emotion, decision, and action is driven by the thoughtful love-inspired, emotionally mature adult. And then later on, I will be talking about this book today with Angela, I Am Not Contagious. It's a book for children who have known the sting of rejection and ostracism when parents have decided against vaccination. And also, I will be talking to Angela about her healthy Elder son who was vaccinated and he developed side effects and eventually the chronic symptoms of systemic lupus. So, uh, and if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, please send me an email to Kristen at KristenHarperspeaks.com. Voice America has various sponsorship uh, packages and it will benefit your business because we do reach a lot of people on the network and uh, let's get started here and let me go over uh, Patty Henry's bio which you can find on my radio show page Uh, Patty Henry has been in private practice since 1988 and working in women's programs at psychiatric hospitals before that Henry Uh, Let's see, she's on this path, uh, this traditional path of letting the clients determine the course of the therapy, instead finding her success in engaging them in a directed path towards uh, conscious awareness and self-responsibility. And once she herself awoke to the transformation from lifetime one to lifetime two, Uh, She was poised to be a guide for anyone else ready and willing to leave behind suffering and misery. It is an honor to have Patty Henry on my
2: radio show. Well, thank you for having me, for sure. Uh, You're most welcome. My my, um, new book is Two Lifetimes Moving from Fear into Love. Beautiful. Because I believe that when we come to this planet, as a newborn baby, we're all born in that high energy vibration of love. And if, you know, you put a newborn on your chest, it just washes over you. And um, they are just wonderful. And I think that's why we keep having kids, because they're wonderful. So we have this pure, wonderful baby who's born, who was, was you, who was me, who was every one of your listeners, and our world does not support that high level of love yet. And so this pure, innocent baby gets thrown into lifetime one, where we are all wounded. Some people get left out, some people get made fun of, some people get made, um, get hit, some people get uh, Yeah, get abandoned. All kinds of wounding happens to this pure little child. And the one thing I know for sure, Kristen, is we have to make up a story sometimes about explaining to ourselves why things are the way they are. Because there are some questions we don't have definitive answers to. Like, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing while we're on the planet? Um, and what happens after we die? Is there a God, not a God? You know, these are questions that people can say, oh, I know the answer to that. But really, they're just saying what they believe. And my take as a therapist is that you need to know what you believe. You need to really dig deeply into what your value system is and what your beliefs are. And the thing I know for sure at that story that I make up is that it is possible to move from lifetime one where we're wounded and reactionary over to lifetime two where we get our empowered, authentic adult self to be in charge of our lives. That's and so beautiful.
1: That's, what I teach. that's beautiful. I'm looking forward to um, getting your book. I, I feel like it's going to help so many people around the world. And so, where can people purchase this book?
2: Well, for sure, the easiest place is just go to Amazon. Amazon.com. Type in Two Lifetimes, uh, Patty Henry, and it'll come right up. And they are running a special right now on Audible. If you don't like to read, but you like to listen to the book, you can do that on Audible. And if you don't have an Audible account, if you will commit to one month of Audible, then you get my book for free.
1: Okay, nice. So I'm just curious, um, before we get started and and dive deeper into your book, how did you make this discovery from... Lifetime one to lifetime two, it sounds like uh, your personal journey was part of that, and then also working with your clients.
2: Yes, I've been uh, in private practice for 32 years, and so every day I see people who are suffering, every day, and I see little signs around people's necks, they're invisible except the heart. And I see this sign that says, I am starving for love. And so much as I think the world is starving for love. So if we can just add a little bit of kindness into the world with everyone we meet, I think we have a good chance of healing the world and healing each other. So when I see those signs, I'm starving for love, I thought, how can I help? How can I give them the tools that they need in order to outgrow the pain and suffering lifetime and grow into the love and joy lifetime? And so um, I figured out a story that works for me, and that is that we're born perfect, we're thrown into lifetime one, then we have to... transform what happened to us and use it in lifetime too to become part of the healing of the world. Like, for example, my dad was an alcoholic. And so because of that, I am a better therapist because I have transformed what happened to me in such a way that I can hear when my clients tell me, oh, I was raised in alcoholism, and they say, you know, maybe maybe they'll say, oh, you wouldn't understand, and then I am able to say, actually, I do understand, because I lived that as well. And so that's taking what happens and changing it into something that can be healing for other people.
1: Yes, um, I agree completely, and uh, my goal one day is to become a naturopathic physician, and i okay. know i'm going to be, and i know i'm going to be so effective because i went through that lifetime one of so much hardship in my life so because uh-huh. of my um, so because of my you know personal experiences that's why i feel i will be so successful cuz i went through yeah. the, the trauma i went through addiction i went through a lot of hardship so i completely agree
2: with you on that well, uh, so let's um, oh go ahead well I think that's part of the human condition is that in this lifetime. So to recognize when you're in it and to know how to get out of it and process it is so important so you don't carry it around your whole lifetime as baggage.
1: Exactly. And so, um, have you noticed a pattern working with your clients? Is there a, so I know everyone's different, but is there a certain age where people usually make that transformation from one lifetime to the next?
2: Well, you know, there's an old saying, life begins at 40. And um, there's some truth to that, that people realize, oh my gosh, half my life is over. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing the job I want to do. I'm not, you know, they start to really do self-introspection. And um, I had one client that was a scientist because both her parents were scientists. And she came in and said, if I have to look at one more Petri dish, I just, I think my brain will explode. (laughs) And I'm like, well what would you like to do if you could do anything in this world? And she said, I would like to be a photographer. And I said, well, you know, let's talk about that. And she told me about being in a a, a club, a music place, a blues place. And um, she said, do you know who walked in? And I said, no. <laughs> who? And she told me some name. And I said, I, I don't know who that is. And she said, oh, you're kidding. He is the major photographer at the Houston Chronicle newspaper. And she said, I just couldn't help myself. I had to go over there and find out what kind of camera he was using, what kind of lens he was using, how he uh, made up for the light um, on the stage. And, and I said, you should be a photographer. Because most people don't know who that person is, don't notice him coming in, don't care what kind of camera he's using. And uh, I said, really, your heart is shouting that you need to make a change. And so she did, and she became a photographer. And she's a really good photographer by being brave enough to be her authentic self. And that's what my book is. It's, it's a support for people, kind of a blueprint of how to do this and also loving support as you go through that transformation from lifetime one to lifetime two.
1: Yes, and um, I admire you so much for your work because I don't know of anyone else that's talking about these two lifetimes and it's the truth completely.
2: Uh,
1: mm. Yeah, so. that's what I think too. Uh, So, um, would you be able to talk about um, the transformation, how someone can go from a a lifetime of pain and suffering, you know, you talked about fear, and then moving into Mm -hmm. the second lifetime of love, like what could a person do to work on themselves so they can get to lifetime number two?
2: Right, that's a good question. I know um, sometimes people will say, I'll tell them our goal here, is for you to outgrow your fear so it's not running your life. And they'll say, oh, really, I'm going to get over my fear? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you are. That's where we're going. And um, because another way of saying it, Lifetime 1 and 2, is um, Lifetime 1 is run by our wounded child, Lifetime 2 by our authentic adult self. So another way of saying it is, our mission on the planet is to grow up, to become an emotional adult where we're not reacting to things, but we're able to respond. Reacting doesn't have a thought process. It's automatic. It's lightning fast. And when we respond, we slow things down, uh, brainstorm, what are my options here? Choose one and take responsibility for any consequences for that choice. Now, if you get into that choice and it's not working out, then you can change directions. Go back to um, looking at your options and um, choose something else. So Mm -hmm. we're not... Because we decided one thing, you know when we're twenty six we don't have to stick with that for the rest of our lives. You can get more aware and more awake, and the more you get take responsibility, able to respond, the more power you have in your life mm-hmm. and I remember I learned this when I was doing my own work at um a c a meeting an Adult Children of Alcoholics meeting, and the leader of the group that night said, you are responsible for your life. You are responsible for what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're not doing. You are responsible. And I remember sitting there thinking, you're kidding. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) And, um, but... I I don't know who I thought was going to take care of me in my 20s and, um, you know, a husband or a job or something. But after a few years, I realized that that guy was right. We each are responsible to take charge of our lives. I know Gandhi used to say, always turn the searchlight inward. Look inside yourself. What is your part? What are you doing to stay stuck where you are? What are you afraid of? How can you walk through that fear? Turn the searchlight inward. And that is what my book teaches, how to take responsibility and get in charge of your life. Now, part of that is you have to give up your victim card. And a lot of people cling to that victim card. It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's not my fault. It's my husband's fault. It's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. If I did that, she would go crazy. It's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. Or it's my boss's fault because he's an idiot. You know, it's outside of yourself instead of inside knowing that actually it's not about fault. It's about ability to walk toward things that are scary mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I completely agree here so uh, you have a lot in your book I was just going through a summary here and uh, you mention uh, zero days as well tracking and eliminating mm-hmm. those days without any progress right. Did you just want to
2: talk about that a little yeah, bit yeah uh, um, Zero day is when I get nothing done toward the goals that I have. And so part of growing up is committing to yourself to stop having zero days. Like if you want to write a book, then you can't have days where you don't write at all. Sometimes when I write, I write one sentence. That's as far as I get that day. And... um, sometimes i 'll write for hours because it's just spilling out of me, so but the main thing is to eliminate those zero days where we don't do anything toward our goal, no matter what your goal is, no matter what um, how what's missing in your life or what you want to see different in your life, you know do you want to have um, a better relationship? do you want to earn more money do you want to um, you know, be happier, what is your goal? To me, the goal is not to be happy all the time. The goal is to be at peace all the time. No matter what the universe hands you, whether it's trauma or something really, really hard, that you are able to respond to it and take charge of your life Mm -hmm. and get to that peace. Yes. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, totally. And for me, just having that inner peace within, uh, meditation has helped me over the years. Uh Uh-huh. Quite a bit. Just, you know, just like you mentioned, like going within and
2: Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Well, I talk about in my book ABC, which is really Albert Ellis' work from the 1970s. Is when I first became aware of it. And I think it's critical to learn how to ABC things. And A is an action happens. And B, we have a belief about the action. And C, our belief will determine our consequence or how we get to feel. Like, let me give you an easy example road rage. I live in Houston. We have a lot of highways. Sometimes you're out there with one million of your closest friends because everybody's trying to get somewhere. So people cut you off. Now, the road rager, when he gets cut off or she gets cut off, says their belief, which is, that guy's a jerk. That guy is trying to push me around. That guy needs to get a lesson. I need to teach him a lesson. Mm -hmm. So these are all beliefs, and what's going to come out of that, the consequence is the person will feel rage, they'll feel, you know, extreme anger, they may uh, pull out a gun, they may, I mean, really, they could do things that are not going to be good for them in the long run, because rage is in a certain part of our brain, the amygdala, which uh, disconnects from our prefrontal lobe, which has our reasoning in it. When we're enraged, we can't really think straight. We can't really... um, So you have to calm that down for sure. So when somebody cuts me off, I say to myself, oh, that guy's wife is having a baby. Oh, my gosh, he's out of his mind. (laughs) Because um, that's how my husband drove when we had our first child. He was weaving in and out of uh, cars. And I said, honey, we're not going to make it to the hospital. <laughs> and um, so when somebody cuts me off or I see them weaving in and out, I think, he's trying to get to the hospital. Sometimes I tell myself the story that, oh, that guy has a minimum wage job. He has to punch a time clock. He's been late twice. He's late today. He's getting fired. And then I can joyfully let him go in front of me. I I can joyfully say, come on, buddy. Come in front of me. Get to work on time. I support you in that. Or, come on, buddy. Get in front of me and get to the hospital on time. Um, But it's just made up. Beliefs are not facts. They're just things we tell ourselves. And a lot of times people think, if I think it, then it's true. It's like, oh, no, not necessarily. I don't know what that guy who just cut me off, what's going on in his life at all. But I make up a story in my favor so that I can get too happy. And we have the power to do that. We have the power to change our belief. If it's no matter how hard or challenging What's handed to you by the universe, you have choice as to how big you're going to make it, how small you're going to make it, how if it, it's going to you know, totally throw you off base, or if you're going to say, wait a minute, I don't believe that anymore. That's mm-hmm. not true about me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So true. But so true. I, I wanted to tell you a little bit, too, about the universal wound. Yes. I believe that everybody on the planet gets the universal wound. Some people get a lot of it, and some people get a little bit of it. But the universal wound is, I'm not good enough. Yes. I'm not smart enough, I'm not clever enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enough. So true. (laughs) And so that is... Our mission is this, I call that the dragon. Everybody gets their own personal dragon, and it's the same one. I'm not enough. And we have to either tame that dragon or slay that dragon, but get it out of your way. Because it's Absolutely. a lie. It's not even true. Everybody is good enough to be a human being. Mm-hmm. Because human beings are imperfect. And everyone is good enough to be an imperfect Human being, just trying to figure out life, going along, trying to figure it all out, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. There are no lessons. There are no not good enough. Mm-hmm. Only in our head, not in real life.
1: Hmm. Yep. And uh, I think I, for years, had that I'm not good enough belief. In my, mm-hmm. in my, I've had that for such a long time. So you're. You're so right with everything that you've had to say today, and let's see, and uh, it's important, the ability and time to grieve the wounded part of you, and uh, so Mm -hmm. that's definitely important. And then uh, before, I think I have uh, maybe a few minutes left, uh, did you want to, any last comments for my listeners, and also if you wanted to talk about this ghost driver a little bit more as far as Uh, mm -hmm. unconscious child.
2: Yeah, the ghost driver is your wounded child. Mm -hmm. And they want to take over your life. And I liken it to one of the Mario Kart uh, video games where they're going off to the water and they're, you know, um, they're driving crazy. And that's how the ghost drivers are. They show up and say, hey, let me take over. And um, you start doing... saying things that aren't even true. And so we have to know what those ghost drivers are. We have to know what we carry around with us in our woundedness and how to heal that. And I go into how to heal that in my book. But one thing um, I can say pretty succinctly is I have an exercise where I have you write down all the hurts that you endured growing up. Every time someone said something mean to you, could be a parent, could be a coach, could be, you know, whatever, um, every time, then you have to, you know, write that down. And who said that to you? I know um, I joined the choir when I was like in fifth grade or something at the church. And my mom said to me, oh, honey, don't sing out loud. You don't have a pretty voice. I believed her because Mm -hmm. we believe our parents. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to choir and move my lips and not sing out loud Mm. because everyone could hear me. And, Mm. you know, that's a a ghost driver. And now I go and I sing loudly and um, the people around me say, I love your voice. It's so good. So nice. So, You know, sometimes we have these wounds that aren't even true. So you write them all down. You write who said them to you. And then, one at a time, as you are doing your meditation, you have the first person on your list come up to you. And they own the behavior. They say, I am sorry, I did this to you. This is what I did, and I wish I hadn't. And will you forgive me?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you can say yes, I will. I'm human too. Or if it was really egregious, like somebody murdered your mother, or somebody you know mm-hmm. um, was a drunk driver and killed your child, uh, you know, you might say no, I'm not ready yet. You'll have to come back. So keep mm-hmm. that person's list on your or name on your list. And go on to the next person. Eliminate as many as you can, letting go of the, you know, just the grief that you're carrying around from things that happened. Sometimes, um, and I have this in my book too, that um, people hang on to their story and it's time to let go of it. Mm-hmm. I had one client, she was like in her 70s. I think she was like 74. And she came in and cried and cried about she did not, she wasn't part of the popular group in high school. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's time for you to let go of that. You're 74. Your life's almost over. You're kidding. I mean, she had been to probably 40 therapists in her life, and she told the same story. And each time she cried and cried and cried. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. And so, um, you know, that's what we worked on is letting go of the story and taking responsibility for creating the life she wanted. You want to have friends? Okay, you've got to put yourself out there. You know, we you know, made a plan as to what is she wishes that she had and to take some action to get there. Right. Well, um, Patty, uh,
1: I loved everything that you had to say today. And I, it's an, it was definitely an honor to have you on my show. And I encourage my listeners to get your book. And I plan to do the same. And I, I just feel like uh, this will help so many people. I think oh, thank what you. you. Well, your work is de- definitely it-
2: needed in this world. Yeah, it's, um, it's a gentle book. And uh, yet powerful. So I thank you for having me on your show and encourage your listeners to get a copy of Two Lifetimes on Amazon and um, write me a review <laughs> how you liked it. All right.
1: Well, many blessings to you. I wish you the best. Okay.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And listeners, this is Kristen Harper Radio Show Host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel, and please stay tuned and I will be back here shortly with my next guest, Angela Pearson. Stay tuned. <music>
0: Us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. On Anti-Aging Unraveled, host Dr. Lori Gerber features guests related to the field of integrative medicine and more specifically what she calls deconstructed medicine. Many symptoms that we think of as common and related to the aging process don't have to be issues. If you think outside the common treatment processes, you'll learn that integrative medical technology, new innovations, and natural health can combine to help you age gracefully. Anti-Aging Unraveled. Listen Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, Options, Answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at Kristen Harperspeaks.com. That's K R I S T E N at Kristen Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. This is
1: Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy. Happy and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. That was an excellent interview with Patty Henry. Uh, If you'd like to uh, join my Facebook group, it is titled Donate to Palestine. I'm very passionate about helping the Palestinians who have uh, lost their freedom. And uh, in this group, we just share about the suffering that the Palestinians are going through, and um, hoping later this year to start a nonprofit organization. And it, it, I feel like it would be a dream one day once I become a naturopathic physician is to be able to provide free services. I, of course, I'll still uh, provide uh, services here in the United States and around the world, but I would love to provide uh, free services in Palestine to help the Palestinians, especially. Uh, the Palestinians that have um, have been through uh, well, that have PTSD. But I, I read something recently that the Palestinians don't have uh, PTSD because it, the, the trauma never posts because the trauma for them is on a daily basis. So uh, I have two websites you can check out. PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com. I offer hair analysis, quantum biofeedback, Ness Health, and brainwave entrainment. And then my speaking website, I'm a health and wellness speaker. You can go there at KristenHarperSpeaks.com and and check out my testimonials. And uh, so I figured uh, before my next guest comes on here uh, to talk about her book, what are some ideas? Let's say that you have a very busy schedule and you don't have time to uh, cook a, a really nice meal. And I usually recommend for people to have three meals per day. I, I am not a fan of fasting at all, so I, I really feel that we should be eating three cooked um, meals per day or three, yeah, three meals per day. Most of our uh, meals should consist of organic cooked vegetables. We need to break down the tough fibers to be able to absorb the nutrients. So ideas that I have, if you want to make something quick, you're, you're in a rush or you have a busy schedule and you don't have time to uh, cook a meal uh, or spend a lot of time in the kitchen, these are some ideas for uh, fast food. And, and when I say fast food, it's basically healthy fast food. So you can uh, purchase some a uh, frozen green beans, and then uh, you can cook those, you can steam the green beans, or you can um, put them into a pressure cooker. Uh, you can also stir fry, and or if, let's say that you don't want the frozen, I usually recommend fresh vegetables, but if you have time to cut up some vegetables, you could have broccoli, cauliflower, spinach kale, brussels sprouts, swiss chard, and other greens, and there's other vegetables. You cut them up and then you can uh, cook them. And um, you can have uh, two eggs, you know, a couple of eggs, I usually like the eggs where they, you have a little bit of runny yolk, you don't, you don't want to overcook them, so you could have eggs and that's, that's pretty quick, I mean, you only have to cook them probably for about uh, five minutes or less, probably less than five minutes. Uh, one of my favorite foods is sardines, so you can have uh, a few uh, cans of sardines, like three to four cans per week. And and then uh, so I have my other guests here now. So um, just a, a few other ideas here. Uh, you can have carrot juice. Adults can have 10 to 12 ounces of carrot juice. Uh, raw cheese is good. Uh, turkey jerky, beef jerky. You can do a vegetable stew in a crock pot. Uh, you can have a little bit of uh, I'd say milk as well, like raw milk. Um uh, organic blue corn chips, tortilla chips would be good. Um, a half cup of organic brown rice, quinoa, millet. Uh, toasted almond butter is really good. You can have that with brown rice crackers and uh, so and of course there's some more ideas, but I need to bring on my next guest now. And uh, her name is Angela Pearson and she had, a very powerful reason to opt out of the standard CDC-recommended vaccination schedule for her youngest uh, children. Immediately after her healthy elder son was vaccinated, he developed side effects and eventually the chronic symptoms of systemic lupus, the same autoimmune disease her father had and which has caused lifelong challenges for her son. Uh, Her daughter and youngest son Grayson have remained perfectly healthy without any vaccinations, and yet on the heels of Grayson entering first grade just weeks into the school year, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced a mandate that only vaccinated children could attend school in the state. More than 26,000 children were banned from public and private education. Similar laws have been enacted in California. As a result, Angela was forced to quit her very successful career to be a stay-at-home homeschooling mom but she was especially concerned about the impact that this rejection and the resulting ostracism by other children and parents on Grayson so while seeking to restore his sense of self-esteem and emotional equilibrium she hit upon the idea of a children's book for Grayson and other similarly situated children told from Grayson's viewpoint, and you can go to her website, which is AngelaPearson.com, Angela, P-E-A-R-S-O-N.com, and it is an honor to have Angela Pearson on my radio show.
3: Thank you so much, Kristen. I um, I was just listening to, to everything that you were um, saying about food and stuff. So I'm right there with you. Um, I like that you give advice um, on eating healthy and how to nourish the body. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, uh, you're, you're most welcome. It's uh, definitely an honor. And uh, I came across, across your book and um, the summary, you know, uh, about your background, and I just felt like you would be a perfect uh, guest for my radio show. Uh, so, would you be able to talk about this uh, new book that you came out with? i um, very excited um, about it.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Me too. So, um, yeah, you know, back in 2019 when my son was banned from attending his public school with his friends, he had so many questions. And he didn't understand why he couldn't go to school with his friends. Um, Like you and myself, we tend to get on the scientific level of things. My son at the time was only six years old. He wasn't on the scientific level. And a lot of times when parents and adults um, start to talk about, you know, uh, our beliefs and our holistic approach, um, my holistic approach to vaccinations, um, sometimes controversy sets in. And I found that this happened when I was talking about my story to another adult. And I went, oh, you should just go get him vaccinated. Like, you know, it's just get it over with. That way he can just go to school. And then my heart just broke because they were missing the point. Um, but then I found that when my son, Grayson, started talking about it from his perspective, they uh, they start to show a little bit more empathy from where he stood And I was just like, wow, okay, so this, this, I might be onto something because now that I'm homeschooling, um, I made this whole process, this whole book, a part of Grayson's homeschool curriculum. And he was a big part in, in how I wrote this book, because this is not written in my voice. This book is written in his voice. Um, because this book is not on the scientific level. It talks about, um, compassion and confidence and courage and, and and there's a little civil liberties crossword puzzle in the back there for kids to to kind of dive into a little bit so they can have like a little introductory to their their basic human rights. Um, but it's basically just Grayson walking through life and going to school with his friends and then his world is turned upside down and he's giving like these little life lessons along the way but they're so powerful and they're so positive positive. and for children who are holistic and they don't um and they're not vaccinated um this helps create a positive self-perception within themselves because i think every children Every child needs to have a book that they can relate to. Um, this helps build their self-esteem and their self-worth. And for children who are not vaccinated, um, excuse me, for, who do not come from holistic homes, children who are vaccinated, this book also good for them as well. Because, you know, my child had questions because he couldn't go to school. But children who still continue to go to school and these 26,000 children who were ripped out of the school system, there were children who were left in school that were friends with these children. And they, too, have questions. They don't know why their schoolmate can no longer go to school. So this is going to help answer some questions on their level in a compassionate way without getting um, into the scientific level of things.
1: It's um, beautiful. Um, I'm sure that you've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback, and I like how it's coming, like from your uh, son's perspective. It's, it's kind of, it's really touching, actually. Um, I could yeah, I just feel like you know, really touched. I, I
3: think um, you know, kids inspire kids, you know, and um, this book is, is going to inspire every child to use their voice. So it's not just about holistic children using their voice um and um finding freedom of speech um but it's for every child because you know bullying comes in all forms and you know we tend to think of when we see when we tend when we think of a bully right we tend we usually think about a bigger kid at school picking on the small kid <laughs> um but bullying comes in all forms and our government is doing that. Society is doing that. The mainstream media is doing that. Um, so this is really showcasing, um, that part of it and letting children see that, um, that bullying can come in all forms and to be cautious and to walk life with compassion. Um, because when you walk life through, when you, when you walk life, um, with compassion, um, You you tend to, um, especially on issues that are not quite fully understood, right, Um, you tend to get along a lot better, and I'm looking for unity and that unification, and I know that there's never going to be, we're never going to live in utopia, right? That's never going to happen, but I'm definitely striving for that with the message of the book.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent. I'm definitely going to have to get a copy of that. And so where can people go to purchase this book? Hmm. I
3: am giving, I bought the book. Um, I'm just asking for your listeners to help me with the cost of shipping. They can go to AngelaPearson.com forward slash book and um, they can um, get a free copy of the book. Um There's also an option for them to upgrade um, to a hardcover, and they'll get an autographed copy by myself and by Grayson um, as well. Um, Lots of other great things in there, too, um, because what Grayson and I have done is we've actually built a whole um, lesson around civil liberties. And um, there's a video lesson. There is, um, like I said, a crossword puzzle in the back. So, And there's also a workbook. That's all for free. The workbook and the video is for free. They can just download that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, and he also made um, an audio of the book himself. <clears throat> so, true story. Um, I was actually thinking about making an audio for the book. And I brought this to Grayson's attention and told him that I was going to look to hire someone who can do the audio. And he looked at me and he was just like, Mom, like, why would you do that? Like, it's it's written in my voice. Shouldn't it be me who does the audio? <laughs> and my heart sank and I just melted and I just fell in love with him. Like, you think you can't love your kids more, but the more and more, like every single day you just love your kids more no matter what they do, Right. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I just knew, like, this is amazing because, you know, with the questions that he had and, and feeling like he was ostracized by society and not being able to allow to go to school. There were times where he cried to me Aww. because he wanted to go to school with his friends Aww. because he's been going to school his whole life. I know, right? Like, he's been going to school his whole life. He went to toddler school, preschool, kindergarten, and now he's in the first grade. So he's he's known school his entire life. So this has been his therapy, um, and I, I'm just thankful that I have the opportunity to do something like this with him. And I'm thankful that I'm I'm able to amplify his voice in that way. And he's stepping into such a leadership role and position, um, especially with him wanting to make this audio for his book. He was super excited and anyone who wants a free copy of this book will have access to behind the scenes of how he made the audio of of, of this book as well.
1: Awesome. That's that's amazing. And I appreciate you bringing up civil liberties as well, because I just feel like um, there's been such a loss of uh, freedom around the world and not just here in America, but worldwide and, uh, we, you know, it's all, it's all about life, liberty, um, and property, and uh, I want to mention here, and um, I definitely recommend that people um, get this book. I, I just, uh, it's going to help so many people, you know, especially the children, and um, I, I would like you to talk about if there's any possibility, um, as far as your elder son's injury, um, vaccine injury. Uh, would you be able to talk about that a little bit, just more in detail?
3: Yeah, definitely. So my son, when uh, he went in for his routine um, vaccine schedule, um, or, and, you know, and, and I, sometimes people call us anti-vaxxers, right? And, and I feel like I have to talk about this because um, and being an anti-vaxxer is such a negative term. A lot of people who believe the way I believe usually had some sort of reaction to a vaccine. And then that is what triggered us to look into this a bit more. And that is what happened with me, um, with my son. So when I took him in um, for his vaccine, um, his routine vaccine checkup, he had a reaction to it. That night, his, he um, had a fever. And he had diarrhea. He started. Uh, he didn't vomit yet, but he had diarrhea, and he had um, a fever. So I was really concerned about that. The next day, I called um, his doctor and told him that his fever was high, and he asked me to bring him in. So I brought him back in, and he told me that this was completely normal, um, that this was uh, just a side effect that usually happens um, when they get a cocktail of their vaccines. And in this case, I think it was like the NMR and his DTAP. And so it's hard to determine like which vaccine he had a reaction to because they give it to you in a cocktail. And he told me to give him Pedialyte and Tylenol and he should be fine. So I went and I got Pedialyte and I got him some Tylenol. And his fever just spiked higher. It just wasn't coming down. And then he started vomiting. So I'm like, okay, so now his fever is extremely high. He's vomiting and he has diarrhea. And um, I took him to the hospital the next day and the ER doctor was there and he was livid. He thought that it was days that I was keeping my son like this before I brought him in. And I had to tell him, I just took him to his pediatrician two times. The first time I took him was for his, um, vaccines. And then the second time I took him was because he was having some sort of reaction to it. He denied it. He didn't want to, he, he wanted to think that this had nothing to do with, um, any vaccine whatsoever. But my son was hospitalized for three days. He was severely dehydrated. Um, and they were concerned about his fever because they couldn't get it to go down. So after three days of being in the hospital, and being hooked up to an IV, um, I was able to bring my son home, and he seemed fine. Everything went back to normal, but then when he started elementary school, and he started playing sports. Um, his blood work and his um, urinalysis would always come back um, negative. Um, and when I mean, why well, I mean, like, I would come up like abnormal. So, and what I mean by that, he would have proteinuria in his urine, and he would have hematuria in his urine. And for those who don't know what that means, that means you protein in the urine and blood in the urine. So, he started seeing a pediatric nephrologist since elementary, and his um, pediatric nephrologist was trying to determine and trying to figure out, like, what was going on with them. My father was diagnosed with systemic lupus, and he passed away in 2008. He had lupus nephritis and... Um, he had a kidney biopsy to determine that. <clears throat> so years later, I, you know, a few years later, my son, <laughs> every single year, it didn't matter what it was. I, we always knew that his physical was always going to come back, you know, abnormal. So we always just had to go and, you know, to his doctor and get a note and say that this was normal for Darren. Um, that's my son's name for him to play sports. Cause otherwise he wouldn't have been able to play sports without a doctor's note. Um, and then he started college, and um, he was in and, third and, stage, a and, 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 um, failure.
1: And, and Angela, I apologize. I have to um, let you go now because we have another show coming up here. But um, I just want to thank you and your son for making a difference in this world, and I wish you the best, you and your son, as far as this book is concerned. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me. I appreciate this
1: so much. Okay. Take care.